boom, we're back. It's been a six-week hiatus. Has it been that long? I didn't. Even, I, I didn't did. even realize. I guess it's it's been like a month since we've been back from the, the February Thailand trip. Yeah. So for those people that didn't know, we went to Thailand. <laughs> yeah, it was mighty fun. Quick. I mean. You you have your travel stories this time around versus like when I went to Hawaii. I had my travel stories. Yeah, I think we both have a few stories, but um, <laughs> I, I would say overall it was a really great trip. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I had a really good time. It's always like you said. It's always kind of iffy. You don't know, especially traveling with with a bigger group of guys. But yeah. I think this time around it was a good number. Yeah, you know. Anything any more, it would probably be harder to organize and, yeah. and get everything done. But I thought we had what at the max at one point we had probably like seven people. Yeah. No, I think it was pretty manageable. And you know, showing up in, in Bangkok, first of all, Bangkok's a really great city to be in. I didn't see too much of it. Like I arrived super late. Yeah. Thank you, Air Canada, <laughs> for allowing me to arrive super late on my first day. Yeah. You you pretty much lost yeah, you you lost the first day because you're yeah. supposed to land in around six, noon time six six right, right at six yeah, yeah. ended up getting there at midnight it was, it was later than midnight by yeah. the time i picked you up or yeah. we found each other on the street it was like around like 1 30 yeah yeah that was an interesting first experience in in thailand getting to the airport getting a cab driver and a cab driver has like no technology <laughs> in his car i'm showing him the address and he has no no clue where the fuck it is so yeah. we we were got lucky that we drove into the general vicinity of that subway station, and I just got out. I'm like, "What the fuck am I gonna do now?" Like literally, <laughs> I don't know where I am. I don't know where I don't know if I'm where I'm supposed to be. And luckily, I heard you walk by. I saw you walk by. You were talking to your wife on the phone. Yeah. So I'm like, "Thank God!" It's like a, a sign from God, dude. It was one thirty in the morning yeah. on the on the street. Barely anybody out there at yeah. that point, and I thought. I heard someone running at me. I heard yeah. footsteps running at me. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is how I die. There's <laughs> actually Tony Jaw running at you. Yeah. <laughs> Expecting to fly an elbow or knee to the back. Yeah. It was just me stumbling around with my wheeled suitcase. Yeah. Just just one? Yeah, just one. Just one suitcase this time. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I thought if we got an extra like day or two in, in Bangkok, that would have been nice. But all in all, I think we, at least for you, you, you hit up a couple of the... You know, you, you saw a Muay Thai fight, yeah. you saw the Grand Palace. So, yeah. the Grand Palace pretty much has, like, all the temples collected. Pretty much. I yeah. Mean, I, I don't want to shit on, like, religion and culture and stuff, but, like, once you've seen, like, one or two temples, yeah, you're pretty much good for that entire trip. Mm-hmm. There I go generalizing a group of, like, people's religion again. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's my third time there. It was my first time in Grand Palace, mm -hmm. so I thought in terms of you, you could end up going out to like a Wat, that's what they call it, their yeah. temple Wats, uh, like a more ancient one, and it's more bare bare bone. Mm -hmm. You see the structure of things, but everything's kind of like falling apart. The Grand Palace is pretty well maintained, yeah. So there's that part, that and the fact it costs like five hundred bucks just to go in, so they better yeah. maintain that thing. And you had to buy those like special like pants to get in. To be fair, shorts, yeah. We should have we should bought it outside. Yeah, we totally turned over, turned us like ignored this woman saying like a hundred baht. We end up paying what three hundred baht inside. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> those pants were good though. They were nice and breezy. Yeah, I've yet to wear them since I got back, but uh, I think I'll be making use of them in the summer. Hey, bust it out <laughs> when you have some dates over. <laughs> they're ni they're nice and thin. That's all I could say. Right? <laughs> they leave nothing to the imagination. Yeah, but yeah, Bangkok's food scene's good. I thought I was saying to, uh, like my wife, I think in terms of food travel, mm -hmm. I think Thailand probably ranks up in the top three for me right now. For sure. Um, especially like that Tom Yum soup that we had that one, that one day. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah that, it was completely delicious. I don't like, think you can find anything like here, like the, that here. It was the perfect level of creaminess and we had Tom Yum soup a bunch of times like after that. We never yeah. found it at that same like level. Oh, for real? Yeah. I think that's the only time I had it. I think. But yeah, that that was like highly recommended place and it's like in the back alley. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably when I was planning a couple of the days mm -hmm. with uh, Wilson when, when he landed. I'm like, yeah. If you're going to land on the second last day, then I'll make sure we'll just get the Tom Young on, on that day instead. But, um, 
Yeah, it was good. I, that was my second time there. It mm-hmm. was just as good as the first time that I was there. So you had yourself a bit of a food mishap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spilling food, like a, <laughs> a, a soup noodle all over your body <laughs> around like 10 p.m. at night. Yeah, that that was embarrassing. Uh, the restaurant clearly didn't know what happened because I was walking out. Like they didn't even bother coming to clean up the place until yeah. I was walking out and they saw the soup all over my shirt and my pants. So I ended up, you know, when I was walking through the alley, I saw like a, one of those um, ladies in the markets with a hose. I'm like, walked up and I asked her to borrow her hose to hose myself down because there's no way I, I want to sit in someone else's car and, and soup. Yeah. Luckily, she was friendly enough, like what Joe Rogan always says, like Thailand people or Thais are one of the friendliest people alive. And I, I think with my encounters with most of them, it, it, they were generally pretty friendly. Except for Soy Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, hose myself down, decided I don't want to wreck my shoes and have it stink for the rest of the trip. Yeah. And getting all wet, so I had to take off my shoes and socks. And you know, walking on barefoot in, in Thailand, Bangkok, Thailand. So you were living the true Thai experience. <laughs> I don't even think any other Thais were wearing, like, walking barefoot. Maybe the monks. Oh, know. man. Even the monks got, like, Yeezys on. Like. Yeah. The thing is, it's like, on that, in that same alley... When we were getting our papaya salads mm-hmm. from one of the stalls, I, we saw like rats, like oh. freaking size of a cat, along <laughs> <laughs> the side of like cockroaches. I'm like, this is probably the worst place <laughs> to be, to be barefoot. Wa- yeah, barefoot. Yeah. I was more scared that I might step on a glass and like cut myself oh. and get some whatever yeah. infection, get but... some rat disease, like the bubonic plague or something. <laughs> but the problem is with like Thailand. It's, it's all plastic that's what it is yeah everything there is plastic so i didn't have to worry about that part yeah speaking of plastic i had my own encounter food encounter food mishap okay so when we were in Koh Samoy, uh, i was at lunch with derek we went to this small <laughs> yes. strips uh small like um side street yeah so we were wandering around looking for food forever it was like blazing sun we we're like all right let's find something that was the day of the wedding too right uh, yes, it was the end of the way. We were looking for something authentic. Imagine if you crack yourself in the head and, and you have to still, like, do that whole ceremony. Well, I mean, you just had a... Spoiler alert, everyone. Oh, so sorry. We were, in, we were in the cafe uh, having lunch. Whenever we already had been sitting there for about 30 minutes. We finished, like, our first course. So yeah. we finished, like, most of the food there. We were waiting on, like, the rest of the food to be brought. And, like, we were sitting on, on plastic chairs. Right, we'd already been sitting on for half an hour or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like no warning or nothing, this fucking chair underneath me just explodes. Like literally, the legs came out yeah, from yeah. underneath the chair, and I came crashing down <laughs> to the ground. The chair was obliterated; like pieces of plastic yeah, yeah. were everywhere. <laughs> like, and as I was falling, my legs tilted the table, yeah, up, and I ended up spilling like the remainder of the soup on yeah. De- on Derek's like. His uh, basketball jersey. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't so, realize. I, I didn't realize he kicked the table up at the same time. For too. sure, I was, I was sitting really close to the table, so like when I fell through, yeah, it was like kicking the table. You over, got the karate, right? yeah. the karate kick, uh, kick going on to pose. <laughs> yeah, so like I was on the ground. I'm like, fuck, man, I gotta lose some weight, man. This trip is not good. <laughs> so like the the. The restaurant owner was like so worried. Yeah, yeah. Right? So she came. She kind of, kind of tried to help me up. Like you were not, lady. You're not picking me up. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so and I got up. There's some like Thai kids that were there, like high school kids or whatever. Yeah. They were just like kind of in shock. Yeah. And then once they figured out <laughs> that I wasn't hurt, they started like laughing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty jokes. We managed to offer you like the meal for free. I mean, the chi- the thing is, the chair probably cost more than all the food that we ate. Yeah, that's so, true. So yeah. like, I felt sort of bad. I'm like, do I give her money for like the chair or whatever? Like, yeah, I don't know how much the chair costs. Yeah. But we ended up finishing the rest of our meal outside. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for the rest of the trip, I was just looking places we ate. Yeah. I'm like, I can't eat here. They got plastic chairs. <laughs> I cannot go through this again. Yeah. I gotta look for places with like a sturdy chair. Mm-hmm. So if that's not a sign that I need to lose weight, I don't know what is. Dude, you can eat like a king out there, right? Yeah. Like 50 baht, like four, it ranges, right? 40 to, like the cheapest meal we have is probably like what, 40, 40 baht. Yeah. Convert it over, that's just like a buck 75. Yeah. Canadian, so definitely was chowing down like No like tomorrow, a king. like no reservation about like buying food. Dude, that's the... That's how we were rolling, right? Yeah. We were just saying, hey, if you see something you like on, the, on yeah. the street, just stop and just grab it. Like, we'll stop. Don't even ask us yeah. if you want to eat it. 
because it's forty baht. We were we were eating multiple meals in a day. I remember we we found that that little indoor food court in uh, Bangkok. Yeah, and then we ended up like having two meals each. Yeah, was it MBK? I think that's no, no, not about. MBK. It was the one near the Airbnb. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah it was just one. right outside yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, it was our breakfast too. Yeah, right? yeah. The portion's not huge, but I I, I like that though. Bucks dollar seventy five, you get decent, mm-hmm. like what you get here in mm-hmm. half, and then you can go off and buy something else on top of it, right? But the thing about um, Thailand that most people don't know that we found out, I found out later on the trip, is that Thai people don't really eat like pad thai they eat like rice yeah yeah that's the thing like i had one pad thai there and i thought the pad thai sucked yeah yeah i think they make it just for like westerners yeah i think so too because when i saw it i was expecting it to be some thai express style pad thai that's what i'm used to so i guess it's it's the same as what chinese people like in canada when we sell chop suey to white folks yeah so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other food that if you, you're willing to venture out and have, mm-hmm. you might hit on some jackpot. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like the, the Thai milk tea, that was like <sighs> crack. You guys were crushing like so much, uh, so many of them. Yeah. I mean, for me, I had like, you know, one, probably one a day. Yeah. That's a lot of sugar, like for my diet, right. To have one a day. But yeah. like. Other people showed like kind of no restraint at all. Like <laughs> Mike, Michael like drank like four in a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we're flying back to Hong Kong, he's he's like, how many how many milk uh, Thai milk tea you think I can crush in between this? <laughs> you know, from from leaving the uh, the villa to landing in Hong Kong, I think he crushed at least like two or three. Oh damn, <laughs> that guy was nuts, man. We actually ended up bringing back some of the mix. Um, I haven't yet to touch it. I'm, it's really strong in vanilla flavor. Yeah, so I have to figure out how I'm going to make it. But um, I don't think you can get anything as good of a quality here. I've had it a few times here. Yeah, I don't think it's um, as good as there. I think it's more... It's super sweet, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they put a lot of ice in there. Yeah. And if you let the ice melt, I think it kind of dilutes it at that point. But... When I do, when I drink my my drink, I just freaking suck that thing down, and, yeah. I, and I'm left with like a chunk of ice. Yeah. Everyone on every street corner, it seemed, knew how to make it. And yeah. They were selling it. Yeah, it was like twenty baht for for one. You can find us cheaper. Yeah, twenty twenty five baht. You know, when you're just walking around, around, like why not? Why not just just have it? True. It as well. You know, in terms of food experience, other than the Thai the Thai iced tea and the tom yum soup and the pad Thai. When I went to Chiang Mai, I know I went for something specific. I went for that northern Thai cooking. Yeah. And I got to have one of my favorite dishes, khao soy. That was like the first time. What, what's khao soy? The... That's the curry, uh, the coconut curry noodle soup. Oh, shit. With like yeah, yeah, the yeah. crispy like stuff on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the and fried, like fried, deep fried noodle. Yeah, on deep top. fried noodles. Um, and you can have like a piece of chicken in there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like onion and all that, all that shit. All the typical Thai stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it good? It was um, like the when I had it at, at a certain place. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I could probably post a, like a link to that place in the Twitter. Yeah. If but any, you'll never if anyone, if anyone even follows us. Yeah. Um, but you'll never be able to find that place anyways because, I mean, in terms of like location, these guys are a lot of them are like street vendors, right? Well, this place I actually it was actually a sit down restaurant, so it was actually mm. not too bad. Uh, it was really like perfect in terms of like. The spice level, like the creaminess, the texture. Yeah. It was like that, that was the, probably the best meal I came there for. Oh, really? The best meal that I had on that trip. I thought you went there for the elephants. I mean, not just for the elephants. Um, the elephant sanctuary was like a, the, probably the highlight of the trip. Yeah. Sure. But the best meal is, is the, was the cow soy. Yeah. I actually ended up taking a cooking class, uh, when I was in Chiang Mai. Yeah. There ain't shit to do there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I probably booked one too many days there. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was there, I think, three and a half days. I mean... It's a long time. Yeah, you're either going to go to Chiang Mai or, or did you leave from Chiang Mai back, I came, back to I, Hong Kong? I came back to Bangkok. So I came oh. to Bangkok, then I flew to okay. uh, Hong Kong. I hear you. Um, the cooking class is actually pretty neat because uh, they take you to the local market. Yeah. Uh, you buy... Well, they, they actually have the ingredients in the, in the school already. But yeah. you get to look at the ingredients. They teach you about the ingredients. 
Uh, you could buy stuff if, if you want to there. Yeah. I think part of the school's um, like kickbacks, they take everyone to the market first. Yeah. And people, they can like, you know, uh, buy stuff from the market and they probably get kickbacks from like the market people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For bringing you there. Yeah. And then uh, you go through the class. How much is a cooking class there? Uh, the cooking class is maybe about like 30 Canadian, I think. Oh, so shit. that's too yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying? And then you get to choose like a number of dishes that you can make. Mm-hmm. So like you made like a spring roll, uh, you make a few dishes and, and you could eat them. Um, didn't do a full day. You can do a half day or a full day. Okay. So the half day didn't include like dessert or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was like this French family that was like complaining when they were there. Why? They're like, because it was a, you know, husband and wife and two kids. They're like, how come we're not making dessert? I want to make <laughs> dessert. They made a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Like. What I, do you want to make? Like mango, mango sticky rice? Here, if I make some rice and then get mango on top. I think it was supposed <laughs> to be the full day. They didn't, cheap asses didn't pay for the full, full day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, So like, they were like shocked that there was no dessert. Yeah. They're like, what are we going to do with these fucking kids now that we're here? <laughs> yeah. So I think that they had, the Thai people were super, super, again, super nice mm-hmm. to people they probably shouldn't have been nice to. Yeah. So they accommodated them. I think they stayed afterwards and they got to make their dessert. Yeah. But like the class is actually pretty fun. Like it's easy too. It's right? like those off, off, it's like the travel activities that people don't think about doing all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sounds pretty cool. Again. Like the elephant and, and cooking class. Yeah. Let's talk about the elephant sanctuary for a bit. I know I'm like mm-hmm. rambling on about myself. I'm sure, you have, I'm sure you have stuff you want to share. No, no. <laughs> uh, so, like, I think one of the main attractions of going to Thailand, especially if you're in, like, the northern regions, is to go, like, on an elephant park or elephant sanctuary. Uh, so, uh, I went with uh, Eric and Tiffany. Yeah. Two other friends of the pod, I think. Chill City. Uh, they're Chill City. The mayor of Chill City. Yeah. And uh, the, the mayoress of Chill City. <laughs> yeah. The first lady of <laughs> Chill City. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we went to the elephant. It's the Save Thai Elephant Park. Uh, so it's a, I forget how long the, the bus ride is from, the van ride is from uh, Chiang Mai, but yeah. maybe like an hour or so bus ride. Yeah, that's pretty far up. Um, and we got to go there. They tell us a story about the elephants. We changed into some like pretty dope like tie clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that giant like sombrero hat. Yeah. And like these tie, like my friend was saying, I look like I'm like in the African savannah. <laughs> You look like the Black Raiden. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was pretty funny. Um, well, you got to feed the elephants, which was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, all the elephants there were female elephants. Oh, okay. Gold quality, right? They yeah, have, yeah, They have equality there. Yeah. Um, I was about to ask you, did you see a giant, like, elephant dog? No. I, the one time I went to an elephant, elephant, I'm pretty sure it's not a sanctuary because I was riding the elephant. Oh, the elephant, sh- so, oh shit. You uh, are a friggin' animal abuser. Yeah, I guess so, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, they were one elephant was getting washed and then just unloaded his giant dick and, yeah. dog and just like pissed all over the ground. Like, holy crap! But anyways, that's that's off topic. Shit, oh. you, shit, you just ruined everything. Man. Yeah, oh, back to your elephant sanctuary. Well, back to the lady elephants. Yeah. So we got to feed the elephants. Like one thing that surprised me is those elephants were crushing like watermelon quarters with like the rind on it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Just like you're picking up. The watermelon quarter, you're picking up like, you know, six bananas in one thing, you're putting it out and like that elephant is just scooping that shit up and eating that like in one bite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. The the volume that they eat is insane. Like Dude. we spent a good amount of time preparing the food, like breaking up the bananas, cutting the watermelons and everything. Yeah. And like, they just demolished that entire like thing. Dude, that's just pretty much extending your trip, uh, extending your time at the park. Yeah. They, they, you probably don't have to like peel the peel the bananas. No, you they'll just to. crush that shit anyway. So yeah. it, it's pretty crazy. Um, one of the ones was uh, one of the elephants was like about sixty years old. She was like pretty oh, old. Fuck. Like she had either no teeth or very few teeth. Yeah. So like, we ended up making rice balls for like her specifically for her. Yeah. The other two greedy ones couldn't get it. So like <laughs> rice and like bananas and all that shit mixed together. Like, those elephants are pretty, living a pretty good life. Yeah. Like, uh, they still, they're still trying to eat, like, everything else. So when we went on a walk with them, yeah, the elephants were, like, walking off the path, like, into, like, the, the planted area, like, yeah. eating all the plants, like, while, as we were walking. Yeah, because you know those elephant, those elephant, elephant knows they're not going to get beat. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a yeah. sanctuary. They're like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, they're living that good life, being rescued from like performing, rescued from the circus. Yeah, and I think they're they're just doing things pretty well. They're actually get some some get pretty aggressive. Like we had um, a bag of bananas as we were walking. Each one had each person had a bag of bananas, and you'd be feeding them as you're walking. Yeah, you're trying to make it last like the whole walk, right? If one of the elephants knew you had bananas, yeah, you put his trunk in front of you. Like you're walking to side by side, yeah, and the elephant knows you have it. The trunk like goes in front of you, mm-hmm. like he's blocking you from walking until you feed it. Dude, you have to pay pay a toll fee. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the the gate opens and you can walk through. That's pretty pretty sweet. We got to actually bathe in the river with them. Yeah. So like, did, you, did the elephant like spray you with it, with their trunk? No, I don't. But like the guys who work there are super happy to be there. Like, yeah, it seems like they really enjoy their job. They got super playful once they were, like, throwing their shirt off and, like, fucking beer gut, like, everywhere. <laughs> but, like, they were throwing water on us, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, being all playful and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, they love they love their job. Yeah, I think, like, if you're doing that kind of job, it's probably one of the better ones in terms of in Thailand. What you have to do, right? Yeah. So, there's some pretty shitty jobs out there, for sure. For sure. But, yeah. You know, being outside in nature, being amongst peaceful animals... Yeah, being All outside, day. getting like super leather, leathery <laughs> skin. Yeah, it's crazy. These guys are. These guys don't even have like skin cancer. It doesn't yeah. sound like there's a huge thing out there. No, not like not like Australia. Yeah, but... like Australians with with their freckles and all, everything going on. Yeah, you don't take British people from like one of the cloudiest, rainiest places on earth and like put them <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like a hole in the ozone in Australia <laughs> yeah. too, right? They keep blasting shit up there. <laughs> Air conditioners and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do a quick t- double tap because I know the battery went down to one bar just in case so we don't fuck up. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me figure this thing out. I'm not going to edit this out. All right, I got this thing right back. So at least if this thing dies, the first part's all recorded. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I think, we, yeah, we, we can talk about our travels forever because we're globetrotting. Yeah. Uh, we like to explore the Earth, you know, the planet, see everything because, you know, you can't just read one page of a book or whatever that saying is. I don't Those know Instagram saying yeah. things, you know, like you got to go experience life and all that. It's all good and dandy. But, yeah, I think next time for if we're doing like a guy trip or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm 100% sure I don't want to hang out with anyone for more than 10 days in a row. Oh, because I feel like we're gonna kill each other. But I, I think most of us kind of gel pretty well at this yeah. point. Like we, we just act normal. Like, yeah, we're we're, we're pretty upfront with each other. We're pretty calm and chill. But I'm, I'm just saying, like next time we hit up another place, mm-hmm. like a long weekend kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a, over a weekend with two plus days, two or three days over, yeah. like five days kind of getaway to go and hang out. I don't know. I'm kind of pushing the envelope to go, like, maybe Nashville one year. To yeah. go check out Nashville. I'd love to go to Nashville. Yeah, we do Na- a Nashville with uh, a Leafs game in there. Yeah. That'd be sick. It might be nice. Let's, yeah. let's do it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, on, on this particular trip, you know, you guys did, like, you guys did a lot of heavy lifting. So, I'm appreciative of you guys doing all, like, the research and stuff. Like, we, dude, we barely did anything. Like <laughs> I, I actually didn't do anything. Literally, I just showed up. I know, because you, you're, you're, like... I didn't catch that part of the chat, yeah. which is understandable because it's like freaking 150 messages deep in that. Yeah. So like to just explain that part, I actually didn't have a place to stay on the last night. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know the, the Airbnb was not booked another night. Yeah. Luckily I had rewards nights or whatever for hotels.com. I actually had the best sleep of my entire trip on that night. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, once I got JC out of my hotel, <laughs> it was a good sleep. <laughs> yeah. Derek had a good place too. Like we were checking yeah. that place out. Oh, the Conrad. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was Ballin, nice. Balling hotel. Yeah. So I've never even heard of the Conrad before, but it's part of the Hilton chain. Oh, is it? Yeah, but, but it takes a lot of points to like get that. The, I don't know. Like sleep. I realize as I get older, I can't. I can't cheap out on this travel biz. Yeah. In terms of tra- traveling, like I'm, uh, I just graduated from university. Yeah. It's not gonna gel like. Well, when we went to the island Koh Samui, we took like the most cheapest route. Yeah. And fuck, I kind of re- going there wasn't too bad, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of people going there. So we got our own private transport uh, van, 
from the airport, like the local airport there, to mm-hmm. the pier. But on the way back, it was like a fucking complete 180, <laughs> like being stuffed into into those vans, like the sardines. Like if that van tipped over, I'm dead because like <laughs> in between the aisles is where all the luggages are. Uh, and we're traveling on a shitty freighter, like a probably fifty year old ship out there. Oh shit! You know, spewing like the diesel fumes <laughs> as we're driving, going across this beautiful like island. But yeah, I think I'm done with that like cheap travel. It, it's the thought of it is cool. It's just like how I slowly evolved. Where I used to do hostels. I'm like, yeah, hostels of shit. You know, it's good. It's cheap mm-hmm. to a point where I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna pay a little bit more, get myself like an Airbnb or whatever. But now to a point where, like, sometimes I'm just thinking, man, fuck this Airbnb. Just just get a hotel, hotel man. Yeah. Fuck. It depends. If you're with a group of people, Airbnb makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's easy. Like, if you get, like, a whole place, typically when you get, like, a whole place that's big, it's mm-hmm. not shitty-ass uh, place. But when you're getting a place just for two people, yeah, you don't know what, what you're going to end up with, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that, that, that life, It's good man. to hear because, like, I, I typically, like, I do the... Um, I'll pay a little bit more money to be comfortable. Yeah. Right. So when I had to leave Bangkok to go to Koh Samui, I'm like, I'm flying direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not putting up with this bullshit. I was actually going to do your route, but I couldn't find the same. Yeah, time. yeah, you're, you're so lucky. I'm like, no, not like you know what? Going there wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. It was really the re- return trip that was like much worse. Yeah. Uh, granted, like it was. I was still probably like hungover from the night before, or like the two nights before. But but you guys had to wake up super early to, to leave, though. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty early. It's just um, yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We we save collectively between me and Michael. We probably saved around maybe a hundred each way, each yeah. person. So we were also staying out in Hong Kong and all that for an mm-hmm. extra couple of days. So those extra money is a little bit nice to have, but. Yeah. In terms of like traveling, I know this is probably my last time traveling cheap, anyways, mm-hmm. just because I was free from from bringing my kid everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really where it was. But even even Michael was like, "Fuck it, let's just get a hotel and shit." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. "All right, yeah." That's the standard now. Even Michael says, "Let's drop the money on it." Yeah, it's it's worth it. But yeah, anyways, let's get to a, a topic. Where did you did you want to bring up? Uh, a topic that we seldomly talk about, which is, uh, I guess, like depression and suicide. I don't uh, think we've we've mentioned it before. I don't think we have, and I'm I'm kind of debating whether we even should. The two of us talking about such a serious thing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is something that's actually been in the news quite a bit. A lot of people haven't heard about it. Um, but since I, I I like to listen to like uh, CBC on the radio, hear all these talk about like um, basically you have students that are suffering like a high level of like anxiety and mental 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 health issues like stress of like being in university dealing with like getting good grades and like all the exams and the, and the work that they have to do um yeah i think there was a like to bring it to tie it in it was like recently there was a uh a suicide by a student right and yeah i think it's kind of surprised a lot of a lot of people on campus maybe I'm not too sure, like, too deep into it. I I read the article, but... Yeah. Again, six weeks into it, so... I mean, uh, yeah, there was a suicide on the campus. It's allegedly the third one in a year. So, the camp... One happened during the summertime. Yeah. And then two has happened during this, like, school year. Yeah. Um, Basically, a student, like, jumped to his death. Oh, wow. From from the the condo? Well, he was in the the comside building. Okay. So he jumped from a higher level to a lower level. I don't really know the details. I'm not going to release any of the details. Yeah. Um, part of the issue here, the student, uh, the school refused to use the word suicide. Mm-hmm. So like when I say like the, the university said fell to student, a student fell to his death. Yeah. They didn't use the word suicide like at all yeah. in the official releases or whatever. So like a lot of people took issue with that. They're not even addressing like elephant in the room here yeah they're just kind of trying to beat around the bush to save face yeah um by kind of brushing it or not using like the more serious word for it yeah right because clearly the student like committed suicide yeah uh again there yeah the student was in u of t i don't know if you mentioned that u of t being one of the more prestigious uh gta schools yeah with that 
with that pedigree, it comes with a lot of stress and a lot of pressure just because you have to perform to, to move on to, to the next step. If you want to do graduate programs, I can see that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here now, but there were times early on in post, not post-grad, but like when I was like in university, mm-hmm. there's like a, a wake up call, like in terms of you have to switch your mindset. I don't know if it happened to you in your time when you were in university, but the, it was my first course and we had our midterm. The midterm came quicker than I had expected because when you're switching from going to a class five days a week, like every mm-hmm. single, you know, you're seeing the teacher five times a week, mm-hmm. you're getting reminded constantly and you actually see like a quantity in terms of like the time and an hour spent in class versus when you switch over to university, mm-hmm. you're going once a week and it's a three hour class. Yeah. And midterms like four, four or five weeks into the semester. Yeah. That, that was probably one of the things that like, when I first did it and I came back with such a shitty mark, I'm like, yeah. holy fuck, this is real, real time here. <laughs> this is real life. Man. Yeah. This is prime time. Like it's time to perform. And, and knowing that I was going into the field I was going into being an accountant and it's, it's a dime a dozen of us out there and you got to perform to a certain standard to just make sure you get a job later on. And mm-hmm. once you graduate, right, that was kind of stressful times. And I mean, in terms of business, it's not even it's competitive but in mm-hmm. terms of how hard it is it's not i i wouldn't say it's as hard as other courses right but you definitely felt that pressure did you feel like you needed some like outside support for dealing with the stress of university or the stress of like getting good grades or like excelling above like your classmates i don't think i ever like compared myself against like classmates yeah in, in that aspect cuz i did i know after that course i was doing other courses where mm-hmm. I was acing and flying through them and I was pretty comfortable in terms of like the technical side of things that I can do it. But I think at that point I wasn't just studying. I had a job, like a part-time job, which, you know, uh, I'm still with, I'm still pretty close friends with a lot of the Mm -hmm. people I worked with during that time. Yeah. And I think for me, I had the social network around me Mm -hmm. to, to make sure that, having to study and having to get the grades wasn't my number one thing. I also had time downtime mm-hmm. to kind of relax. I had other things that I did outside of just, you know, going to school every day. I think that's, that's the main thing that's kind of different between a lot of newer students. I, I'm seeing nowadays, like even in my time with my siblings, mm-hmm. some of uh, like one of them pretty much worked no, or just studied the, the entire time versus mm-hmm. like even having a part-time job. Yeah. Kind of going out there, like when you have a part-time job, you have other, you realize that there's something out, outside of academics, right? Yeah. Like you can still have a life and you can still make an earning, albeit yeah. kind of shitty. You but could be a retail manager. Yeah, you can do something in terms of, it's not just pure academic. Yeah. I think that's that's where I kind of got a lot of my stress relief. Like, Yeah. It's good that you had the, the actually the support structure in place to help you deal with it. Um I think what happened in this uh, suicide case was the student was an international student. Yeah. Right? So he had, like, basically no one. No family here. No yeah. nothing. Um, may have had, may have made some friends. Mm-hmm. But, like, probably not close friends. Yeah. Especially maybe if English is not your first language or whatever. Or you're just here by yourself, not bonding with anyone. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the proper structures are in place to check in on these type of students to make sure that they're, like, they're good. Yeah. Like the university's making like bank off these students. Yeah. Like their tuition is easily like 50K. Well, especially if they're international, it's three times the cost of what we met, what we yeah. pay. Easily 50K. Um, I think the international students now make up like almost a quarter of like UFT students. Yeah. And like the revenue that they're getting is more than they're getting from like the rest of the. Ontario students like combined yeah so what you're saying is almost like U of T not just U of T not just U of T but right. in terms of in this case but U of T should take in that extra revenue to in turn provide the support around it say in my, my sister went to U of T mm-hmm. and I know the first year that she went she was in part of this um, program where they make sure people kind of had a support group they mm-hmm. kind of support them by telling them okay yeah it's your first year 
there's this group of students our first year as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys might be able to connect and have connections and maybe be able to hang out and mm-hmm. kind of discuss anything in terms of how your uh, school life is in comparison to theirs. Uh, I thought that was good because that set them up for first year and afterwards at least they have yeah. some friends on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if this was the case for for this person. I, I'm I'm not sure. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. But I think a lot of again that stuff is good. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like I think my university had like a mentoring program where like older students would like mentor you in your first year and yeah. like, ramp you up. Eventually, you can return the favor to, to other students. Yeah. I think in terms of, like, getting professional, like, help. Because some, some of these students, when you think about it, they're, in this country alone, their parents or whatever, their family drop, like, 50K yeah, on their, chances on their are tuition, like, right? Yeah, chances are their families back home, like, not, they're not doing a white-collar job. They're, yeah. they're probably doing hard labor just to provide for their, their kid, right? Just yeah. to go to school. Yeah, and then you have that pressure, that expectation, that weight on you, right? You need some sort of professional like guidance and help if you are like hitting a wall or you're at a desperate point. Talking to like a friend, maybe you get maybe you get like intimidated or embarrassed or like shamed, ashamed when you're talking to your friends about it. Like I don't know, there's certain things that I wouldn't talk to a friend about. Like shit, I want to talk to a professional about that shit. Yeah. So I think the universities have really lacked, or at least these students are saying the universities have lacked some professional help and enough professional help to meet the demand of students that are needing or in a mental health, mental health crisis. Just spinning out ideas. Uh, just as you're saying that even in a sense, in an internship program or, or a, a side program for students that are in social sciences or looking to get involved in the uh, social science field, kind of social work. I think if they have something set up that allows them to have a real world experience, like experience, mm-hmm. um, relate into at least people that are their peers, right? Like yeah. student to student. Uh, I see, I know you use the word professional a lot. Yeah. I think even in a sense, maybe even just having people to talk to. By yeah. itself would help. Yeah. Um, maybe that's something that they can look into. Uh, they're not gonna look listen to our podcast and find this out. And I'm just curious, like maybe they'll they'll think about it that way. Yeah. Albeit there's like confidentiality issues. Maybe that they provide like a ethics course and, mm-hmm. and and telling you this is how you have to deal with it. And I imagine if you're in social science or just psychology, uh, this is something that might actually interest you, and it, it would look good on your on your resume moving forward or for your post grad, right? Yeah. Uh, that's definitely something that they can think about. Like yeah. the, those people are wanting those experiences. There's people probably lining up to say, "How could I? I'm in like I'm a, I'm a therapist or I'm a psychologist or whatever, and I'm I'm ready to get my real world experience." Yeah, right. Even so, post grads, right? People yeah. doing their masters or like PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, people are pretty greedy with their own time, right? You're you're yeah. expecting people to kind of volunteer, and I think as much as people are calling for the university to step up and do something like this mm-hmm. at the end of the day there's there's money constraint yeah no i agree like they have to choose how to spend their dollars there's less money being i mean i think they're raising tuition fees yeah but like there's less money in terms of like the student unions now they student students can opt out of like the student um fees or whatever like there's there's going to be less services available to these students in the future yeah i think especially with uh Doug Ford in in uh, in office. Yeah, they're just going to continue to cut for the name of cuts and not not provide the same level of service to the students. But are we are we just putting like a band aid over over wound, or do you think it goes deeper in 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 terms of the problem with the whole uh, what are you, the emphasis that we put on um, academics? Um. Are we putting more emphasis on academics these days than ever before? I, like, I feel you and like I both, everyone needs to. You and I both went to university, yeah. right? Like, I know we're like the 30 plus year old, like old curmudgeons now yeah. talking about like today's soft ass generation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's real and what's, what's not real, right? I always feel like when I was in university, I worked part time the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Like I worked co-op. So I, I, I grinded it out the whole time. 
right? Did things ever get intense? Sure, they got intense, but like I dealt with every single challenge that followed me throughout my career too. Like every single time I faced a challenge, like whether it be like a bad boss or like a job I didn't like or whatever, like yeah. I gutted it out. That's always been my mentality. That's always been how I've done things. Not everyone is built the same. Yeah. Are we finding that more students and more kids these days are lacking that toughness to deal with like these encounters? Yeah. I wonder in terms of like, we're on the cusp of what people would classify us as millennials. Yeah. And I think we're just at the very like early part on it. We're, we're at the cutoff basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably in a weird, we're in a weird position where we understand millennials where they're coming from we 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 know how to use social media Mm -hmm. but at the same time we're even more cognizant in terms of what social media presents a lot of uh like what you're posting is in real life like even what we post sometimes Mm -hmm. we're posting the good times we're not posting we're not posting our sad ass moments or not sad ass moments but like moments where we're sitting watching tv by ourselves and like like really like raw emotions comes through us we're not just gonna post a selfie and be Sad now. And sad, right? Yeah. And you're like crying out for help. But at the same time, what we're presented to the world isn't exactly real. Some of your stuff from like Kosamoy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I had to hashtag and say, like, this is not real life. Yeah. It's just, it's just, we just shoot shit uh, for fun, right? We're just mm. fucking around and, and we understand it's just fucking around. But at the same time, we don't want, not that same, like we have such a huge influence on other people, but mm-hmm. posting it out there and for people to see. Yeah. Still, you, you, I feel like it's a disclaimer. We have to throw it out there and be like, hey, this isn't real life. Like, you know, I've got good friends. We, we hang out, we eat, we, we party, we yeah. enjoy our time together and all that such. But at the same time, not everyone has that. And I can understand where it comes from. If you're, if you're in a hole, in a deep rabbit hole of depression or you're sad or you're down on yourself and you go on social media, for example, and mm-hmm. you see everyone's doing fine, mm-hmm. you know, you're like in a suit, you're dressed up, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm out here making my 60K a year, yeah. you know, balling out. You know, it makes a person that's kind of sitting at home struggling to look for work feel kind of down on themselves and they feel all the pressure is, oh, fuck, I need to step up my uh, game in terms of either studying and getting into a good program or getting into, say, a good job and and from there going to wherever it leads you. Yeah. Um, But I I still feel like going back to my question to you in terms of like the emphasis on academics is like higher than ever. I think it's true because they're getting competition outside of uh, not just canadians you're getting Mm -hmm. international students and a lot of times these international students i feel are very uh they're very determined they're very driven especially because we don't know what their circumstances they're coming from right back at home like the situation dumb understanding uh what the sacrifices their parents have to put up or their family has to put up to bring them here for them to have a shot at at a good life like we're first generation canadians here Mm -hmm. uh our our parents kind of did the heavy lifting for us. Now we're kind of riding the coattails of it and enjoying life as it is. Yeah. Um, like we're lucky enough that we're just, we're not just stuck in one social aspect where we have one friends in one class. We have friends that are, um, that came to Canada and went for university and now they're kind of, we can, I can see the struggle that they go through in mm-hmm. terms of when they interview for jobs. They're not getting it. They're not most of the time. They're not first choice just because, uh, English is their second language. Yeah. Uh, that's always a barrier just in terms of they can do the job. I know so many accountants that are more technically strong than I, stronger than I am. Yeah. But the softer skills, like in terms of to push them above and, mm-hmm. and allow them to be, take a managerial position isn't there just because the communication uh, is lacking, just lost in translation, right? Yeah. But I feel if they, a lot of people do put a lot of emphasis on on academic right now like everyone has to do these like uh, academic roles like so, no one wants to actually do trades and such like that yeah and i feel like if we had been given the opportunity in of trades at the time mm-hmm. we'll be financially we might actually be better off yeah i mean it all depends on what, what circle you grow up with right like growing up with in, in high school whatever with with you guys and other people who are on the same track toward that university track yeah right trades didn't present itself as like an option and the school we're in is like more of an academic school if you think about it like versus like other schools like i think bendale or those kind of schools in in scarborough that are more like vocational schools Mm -hmm. or more like applied 
schools. Yeah. This is more like academic track learning. Like I don't know very many people from like our high school days that are now like electrician or plumber. Yeah, I agree. Like in terms of even when we're in our final year, everyone was talking about oh what what school or what university you got you got accepted into, right? Yeah. It's it's those kind of pressure. It's not like upfront people don't know that they're doing it on mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah. But I think that's the kind of pressure and the emphasis that uh is underlined in every single question when people ask, Oh, what are you going to? And that's how I see like when I talk to my cousin, younger cousins that are mm-hmm. graduating this year and I ask, you know, Oh, so what school are you applying to? And then such. And, uh, I almost have to catch myself like, Hey, I don't want to make it sound like you have to get into like university to have a good, yeah. good life. And most of the time right now it's like you go into university, it might not even lead you to a better life. It just lead you to unemployment. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah, that, that debt is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but um, the only unforgivable, unforgivable debt. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in terms of this suicide, it's just uh, we're. I was listening to the Joe, Joe Rogan one. Uh, they were having a debate over weed, and okay. then they're saying how I'm not sure if you caught up on that one. Um, one of the proponents against weed uh, person was saying, "Oh well." People are doing, you know, they're doing drugs and it's going to lead to more suicides cause, or more violence and stuff like that. <laughs> and I don't I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I know one of the points that they never took into consideration is they said, like, well, if you look at it, uh, teens, the rate of, like, drug usage is, like, lower. Uh, suicide rates is, like, lo- lower, too. Mm-hmm. Or, like, not lower, but it's been constant. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm, like, wondering... There's no way like this guy can argue the fact that social media can probably influence yeah. depression amongst girls or like teenagers even more so. Even more so, I feel like yeah, I could have been easily influenced by by shit I see on online all the time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why is my life not as cool as this person? Yeah, why am I not Jack with that eight pack? Yeah, why why can't I fit in those Lululemon pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's a shitty shitty thing to say or thing to even think about right mm-hmm. uh, that the shit that goes down with with kids these days uh and for me to have like a young young kid hopefully he has confidence to kind of not be influenced by all this shit yeah i think just having someone who's been through it before already um certainly helps with that yeah having that perseverance to always battle man always battle i know some people aren't like that type yeah but you always have to like fight for yourself because no one's going to fight for you, right? At the yeah. end of the day. I know that's kind of like the theme of this whole discussion. No one's going to fight for you, so like, <laughs> yeah. go kill yourself. But like, <laughs> but like, that's what we're saying. Like, you know, have the right structures in place to like support them if they need it, if they need that. But I think the mental toughness can improve. Like, not having the grades is not the end of the world. Yeah. Like, there's always some other things that you can do as long as you're happy. Like, just be happy in life. Yeah. I mean, I have graduated and working now for 10 plus years now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm considered a professional in my, in my profession. Mm-hmm. And when I look at it, I meet a lot of other quote, unquote professionals as well. Mm-hmm. And are I you know talking that. about me? No, 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 not about <laughs> you, but it's just like the people you see that are teachers and such, yeah. but like when you know them on a personal level yeah. you're like how is this fool a teacher how <laughs> yeah. how are they leading our future yeah and, and such right not saying that they're fools but like on a, when we're hanging out yeah. i understand that we all have different masks that we wear and we put on at all different times like different settings and such yeah and it's just it, it's it's funny to to realize at this point in our lives that when we're younger we're taking all these older people's advice yeah to heart when really they really don't know what they're doing yeah. and that's how i always preface any advice i give out or any time someone asks me for advice i'm like hey i don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> i got here I'm blind luck and i'm very lucky to have what i have but at the same time this is what i see take it with a grain of salt uh you know do what like you said just be happy with what it is mm-hmm. and if you're not happy it's not the end of the world yeah. you know maybe it's just a way of, like a uh, a moment in time where you get to reflect and realize, hey, let's change the course. Exactly. Like listening to Joe Rogan's cast with uh, Dr. Phil, a person I deeply misunderstood 
Likewise, for, likewise. Before, I, I thought he was always like a crooked, like <laughs> crooked guy who's yeah. like taking advantage of like all the honey boo boos yeah. people, like all like the trailer trash people. <laughs> but like the catch me outside girls. <laughs> yeah. I found out he's actually pretty insightful. And what he said is that if you don't wake up like every day wanting to like or enjoying what you do or whatever, you're just burning daylight. Yeah. Right? And that's something I have to kind of reflect on. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the he his the pot he did with Joe Rogan was very uh, in terms of a lot of less lessons involved, mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the better ones this year. Uh, just even in terms of how to raise your own kids in the future, mm-hmm. it's like you gotta let them feel the full range of the emotion, right? To understand, like they can get through it themselves. And maybe that's the case with us. Uh, obviously, like, as as a parent, you don't want to see your your offspring suffer, mm-hmm. and maybe. Uh, inherently by not allowing them to feel the full range of emotion we've kind of stunted their growth and their ability to deal with situations like this Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things that i took uh to heart when i listened to that podcast in which i'm gonna try you know moving forward through my fatherhood to kind of allow uh my baby boy to kind of grow and like even now at this point when he falls over uh i kind of let him cry it out and Mm -hmm. let him realize hey okay it that feeling or that emotion pass. I'm, I'm still okay. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need someone here to coddle me and like comfort me at all times. Right? There's obviously situations where I have to step in and kind of comfort them yeah. because it, it's a vicious cycle. Again, whatever goes on in their little tiny brains, mm-hmm. I have no idea. But uh, all they can hear is probably when they cry. There's just emotionally, they just, all they hear and all they feel is like, you know, you know, sadness and stuff. And that's when you step in. But most of the time, if they fall over... If they, when they're trying to do a task like standing up mm-hmm. uh, i just let them or i just let him kind of you know get over it and then get back to whatever he was trying to try right yeah so hopefully it works out and he doesn't you know he grows up proper but i hope so too yeah um yeah i think before we go and and give any more advices that doesn't is <laughs> unwarranted i think this is a good spot yeah i think we should stop now for yeah sure but always like bells let's talk always just reach out to someone right i think that's the main thing yeah like you never know you think that someone might not be willing to listen or, or talk about hey all you have to do is bring it up yeah. if if they give you shit for it then you know who your friends are true words have never been said yeah but all right peace we're gonna talk about leafs in uh in our next episode so all right bye everyone bye Tell us, tell us, tell us.